The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ in our new series, Identity Theft. We'll do just that. Help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Identity Matters Podcast. We are on 178. Those of you who are just joining the podcast, we really encourage you to go back to the library. There's, if I understand correctly, there's over 800 podcasts that are posted there. Everything from videos to audios to series that we have done. Well, we are on 178 in the Identity Matters series. And then underneath that series, we're doing a mini-series called Identity Theft. We've been addressing the key issues that are affecting our cultures worldwide, and it has gained quite a bit of attention. There are many people concerned with this whole culture that we are living in today. Most are calling it the millennial generation. One of the great mysteries for me is how Jesus himself could make a statement about one of the seven churches that was actually lukewarm in its pretense. Why he would say that he's going to spit this church out of his mouth if these people were really happy people. These people were very self-qualified. These people were into educating themselves. I am speaking of the Church of Laodicea. There is a great deal of information available for you to research the Laodicean Church. The term Laodicea itself actually means lukewarm. And the reason why that they named this community Laodicea is they literally had to bring in the water from another community. They built, they were very, very smart people, and they built these water pipes that led the water into the town that they end up calling Laodicea. By the time that the water got to the community, it was borderline rancid. It was lukewarm. And so the people lived in this community off of this lukewarm water. This is where the term came from. Jesus himself spoke against this lukewarm church. They were a very, very wealthy people. They were highly educated and they were fully self-secured. And Jesus' statement to this church was that there was going to come a day when he was going to spit them out of his mouth. That's a very harsh thing to say. When these people seem to be happy, when these people seem to be peaceful people, they weren't hot and they weren't cold. They were just lukies. And Jesus says to them, for I shall spit you out of my mouth. 
Very abrasive thing to say, and one of the most abrasive things Jesus said in the entire New Testament. Now, so here's what we have on our hands. We have a repeat of the Church of Laodicea, but this time Laodicea is an entire world culture. They're calling it the Millennial Generation and Generation Z. The increase of the talk of Generation Z from when I first started researching it, which was not really that long ago, there was only one book on the market on Generation Z. The Father, the Authority of the Trinity makes it one of the first five books on the market about dealing with Generation Z. And now the numbers, if you want to go do your own research in your browser and type in Generation Z, you're going to see it in the hundreds of thousands now. It is a fast, fast growing area of study because there are many researchers, pastors, sociologists that are figuring this thing out. They realize that we have a huge crisis coming up the hill. And we will be faced with it. I'm going to share something with you right now. A very simple statement that I pray and hope that gets me some emails or at least a 602-292-2982. Text me. I believe the most evil, demonic area of affliction of past present, and future is with lukewarm people. I believe that the people sitting in the pews who are there because they believe in Jesus and they're following Jesus, I am here to tell you, you are under a grievous demonic oppression. If your faith is not fired up, if you cannot rise above your circumstances physically, psychologically, and spiritually, you're under this oppression. The way that the enemy can keep us oppressed is by taking advantage of our weaknesses. The weakness of the church is the lukewarm church. They're not out preaching and teaching and standing on the street corners thumping their Bible and preaching anymore. They are simply secure, safe, and very, very comfortable in their Christianity or in their churches. The Christian, indwelt Christian soul should be constantly restless. We should be restless in the sense that we are ready, eager, passionate about presenting the gospel. We should never be comfortable with this earth. We should never be comfortable with family life. We should never be comfortable with friendships. We should never be comfortable with the norm. We should constantly be restless about how to reach more people in the earth for Jesus Christ. We should be very comfortable with the fact of Jesus saying, he who loves his father and mother, brother and sister more than me, is not worthy of me. The number one sin in America 
is the love of family over Christ. I can't make a more lukewarm statement than that. That lukewarm oppression that is upon the people who have raised friends and raised family members above the indwelling life of Jesus Christ are under oppression. The enemy knows the power of lukewarm and he wants to get the entire world, not just the United States of America, he wants to get the entire world in a lukewarm state. Because I can tell you exactly what happened as a church historian. I can tell you what happened to Laodicea. They became as stagnant as their water. They lost their fire and ability to motivate in businesses. They went into a financial crunch that literally is known in church history as an implosion. One of the worst financial implosions of all seven churches. You see, lukewarm people think they're successful because they're comfortable. And the only way to break some of the people out of that lukewarm state of mind is to make things uncomfortable. This is something that the American church is not going to accept. People want their comfort, just like their little blankies that they sleep with at night. It keeps them warm, it keeps them safe, and it keeps them from reality. Satan has a fog over the world. The end result of that fog will be a global Laodicea. I have six questions I want to ask you. The first one is, do you tend to lean on education for growth? Someone please tell me, according to history, what the first university was that ever was established on the face of the earth. The first university was at Pergamum. It was the greatest thing that the world had ever seen, focusing on the sciences. Does anyone here remember what Jesus said took place in Pergamum? What took place in Pergamum was Jesus saying, for this, for you people, is where the throne of Satan is located. That's the first time in scripture that is spoken of the throne of Satan. It was Pergamum. You can do your own research on Pergamum and you will discover that this university that was focused on the sciences became world known and became the first of its kind. You can visit Pergamum right now today and there is a stone with an image carved on the stone that is dated back to the period that John was writing about. Can someone here please tell me what was carved on that stone. 
It was the medical symbol. It was Moses' staff with two snakes curled up around the staff, pointed and directed toward the staff. Moses' staff did not turn into a snake. It is the two serpents that came from Pharaoh that are in control of Moses. Don't pick on Moses. If you do, there is trouble to be had. The medical symbol for Pergamon people became the symbol of Satanism. The sciences that were birthed out of Pergamum, I'll let you discover those in your own research so you can save the hate mail. I'm just telling you that Pergamum was and is now global. And the primary focus of healing is on the sciences. We have added to those sciences. We have become creative in what we're calling science. And each year that goes by, we become even more and more creative. The number one way to distract a human being from hearing the whispers of the living God through the Holy Spirit within you is through sciences and education. There is a phrase out there that's called education equals transformation. Knowledge simply binds you. Every piece of knowledge a student hears is required by their mind to bring it about. The stuff that's going on in our universities and schools, Christian and non-Christian, are setting up our students to put such an emphasis upon the degrees that they are receiving on what they learn that the Holy Spirit is literally being stifled. I don't know if you understand the consequences of stifling the Holy Spirit. I'll, I'll ask that again. Do you understand the consequences of stifling the Holy Spirit? It's grievous. There's only one thing that screams louder since the Holy Spirit is a whisper. And in Proverbs it says a whisper goes down to the innermost parts of a man. What screams the loudest in our world today is education. That's what screams the loudest. Satan knew that as he ruled in Pergamum. He knew if he can distract the human mind with learning, 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 and getting little awards saying you're learning good. How is it that people through the generations missed one simple little piece of knowledge? That Satan's home is called the tree of knowledge. Knowledge is classified in the Hebrew as self-applied truth. Do you understand that? It's hearing truth externally, taking action upon that truth, getting to see the benefits that you took action upon that truth, but that truth is a lie because truth is a person. Truth is Jesus Christ. Satan knew exactly what he was doing in setting up that first university. Satan knows exactly what he's doing when he invented the pill to cure whatever. 
Satan knew what he was doing when he was distracting the human minds so that they either plug into the mind of Satan or they plug into the mind of Christ. Those are your only two choices, listener. And I am not purposely, well, maybe I am, trying to offend the highly educated people. I have an institution chasing me down for another doctorate because they want me to be a teacher and I have to have two doctorates and be a fellow in order to be an on-call teacher. Do I want to do that? I'm really worrying with that. Because what's the purpose of a few more letters? So that I could be proven to the world that I'm a qualified teacher? I was a qualified teacher at 16 years of age. When I inherited the mind of Jesus Christ, as you all indwelt believers did, you became the most qualified person on the face of the earth. That's why Paul said in his deduction when he was talking about being afflicted by a messenger of Satan, and someone please tell me what a messenger of Satan is. It's a demon. Here Paul is being afflicted, buffeted, sanded down by a messenger of Satan, a demon, and there was no credit given to any educational or environmental issues going on with Paul. He knew exactly what it was. He was being buffed down by a demonic spirit whispering in his ear. And he was struggling with this. It was bringing him down. If there's any indwelt believer I would have wanted to hang out with, it wouldn't have been Jesus, because he would have been in me. It would have been Paul. To have the sweet fellowship of Christ in me already, and then to hang out with Paul, who simply is able to penetrate the laws of man and the traditions of man and literally see the real motivating whisper of Satan. That's my kind of guy. Or John and and others who were accused of being uneducated, but people knew that they were with Jesus. Because it did not match the educational levels that were in the society at the time. Number two, do you seek common sense over undocumented insights? Oh man, I cannot tell you. And those of you who are preachers and understand where divine insight comes from, you'll get this. But those of you who are hooked and bound and obsessed over education and common sense, you won't get this. But I cannot tell you how many times people would ask me, where are you getting that? Well, where did you get the understanding of that? Or show me where you got that. Do you know how many times I'm asked to show people where I got stuff off the internet? I'm like, are you kidding? This stuff comes out of my soul by the mind and life of Jesus Christ. I may throw stuff in once in a while with it that God's got to clean up. I'm not saying I'm a perfect teacher and preacher. I'm telling you the source is divine. 
It's divine for you too if you're indwelt. I'm not special. Paul wasn't special. Your favorite preacher out there is not special. Who you plugged into is the question. And yes, indwelt believers can be plugged into the mind of Satan. I can assure you. Three. Do you suffer with bitterness? Here's a way to find out if you've got bitterness in you that is boiling inside you. Listener, listen very carefully. If anything goes about in your day that throws off your schedule, your plans, and it creates a sense of panic in you, you have bitterness in you. It's already boiling. You see, but when inconvenience and agenda changes and those kind of things happen to you, and it does the opposite, and that is, uh, I want to display more grace and peace, it is that moment that releases the spirit within you. That's what Christianity is about. Slap the right cheek and you just turn to the left. There's no praying about it for three hours. There's no warring with it with Jesus. What do you want to war with Jesus about? Getting slapped. Being taken advantage of. What did Jesus mean by when he said if they want your your coat, give them your shoes too. Or if they force you to go one mile, go two miles. You can't pray about that for a day. You can't pray about that for an hour. It has to be a quick response. Satan has the same system in place with your flesh. If someone causes inconvenience in your life and you get crabby, that's bitterness. And where selfish ambition and bitterness exists, it's natural. Well, of course I'm crabby. Wouldn't you be crabby? But what James actually referred to it as is demonic. Earthly, natural, and demonic. In the Greek there, our Greek people, look up earthly. And you will probably be amazed to find education. It's common sense. It's educational. It's natural. Everyone thinks this way. Everyone gets crabby. So, that doesn't change the reality of the truth. If you get crabby eight times a day, and Joe gets crabby three, Joe's more righteous than you. Get crabby once, and you're guilty of all murder. Commit one sin, and you're guilty of all sins. That's what the scriptures teach us. There's no one sin worse than the other. So what it boils down to is who are you plugged into? The only way that anyone could test that is to see if you're going to get crabby when your little life is tilted. Had two trucks stolen. Walked out to get in to go to work and no truck! I was faced with that moment. So things happen. The enemy finds the weak link in your life and uses it 
to throw you off kilter. Why? <laughs> You're not going to hear the Holy Spirit that day. No, it's not going to happen. You may live a nice, fleshly, good choice day. It's demonic. If Christ is not being released through you, it's demonic. There's no third kingdom. It is the kingdom of God and it's the kingdom of evil. Your choice, where are you going to plug into? I can't make this any more practical. Number four, do you war with selfish ambitions? Five, do you tend to kick back from your spiritual father? You say, why does this spiritual father thing always come into play? Well, it's real simple. I'm just finding a new way to say, who's your daddy? Who you plugged into is who's your daddy? There is no rebellious person on the face of the earth that is not 100% submissive to authority. Yes, you heard me correct. That includes Hitler. That includes Nero. That includes Saddam Hussein. That includes your preacher. Every single human is 100% obedient. The question that needs to be asked is, who is their daddy? Who are they 100% obedient to? That's a great question. So who's your daddy needs to be defined. Number six, do you use delayed obedience when asked to do a task? You know, I said to the Lord this past week in a situation with someone who I'm discipling and I do my normal thing as I give a bogus task. So when someone says, I want to be discipled by you, in my chair I go, we'll see. And what I do is like with my internet context that I've shared with you, I have 18 steps that I take every single person through, whether they're in India or someplace in Africa or New York. It doesn't make any difference to me. I got another one today. The guy seemed to be very, very sincere. He's Tanzania and he seems to be very, very sincere. He's been sending me Dear Daddy emails for a while. And so today he sends his email. And if you're listening, I want you to know I appreciate you igniting this process, but it won't be easy. So I send out a task when they finally say, I need personal discipleship. There could be many years or months before just on general ministry chit-chat. But the day is here. So I send out a task. Here's what I need to have you do. Go to the ministry challenge page on our website. Do all eight items and then contact me. Really? I'm asking to be discipled. So it's just like throwing breadcrumbs. And the longer you disciple them, the bigger the task. Until you, they are given the privilege and honor of preaching the word of God. If you're preaching the word of God before being tested in your ability to keep to this mandate, I won't listen to you. 
This is so critical that we are commissioned by the sword of truth to say you have been commissioned by your leadership to preach or pastor a church or whatever the case may be. We don't do that anymore. People start ministries and they're not governed by boards. You know, we used to call them elders. And so they're freelancers. And freelancers are the weak link to the church for the enemy to get in and suppress the church. They are the weak link. Pastor, if you're listening, leader, if you're listening, and you are not under a governing board or a group of men that can watch your life and watch your ministry and watch the future for you because you're so busy, stop now and reorganize. You need to have mentors, spiritual fathers in your life to protect you. You are a weak link. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.